The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now we are joined for our expert slot by Julie Galbraith, partner in employment law at the global law firm Eversheds Sutherland. Uh, Julie, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Now, a few basic questions. Can an employer tell you when to take your holidays? They can. So they under can. yeah, under the Organisation of Working Time Act, employees are entitled to 20 working days per year if they work full time. And that is at the behest of the employer. So the employer can decide when an employee takes leave. Now, it should be in consultation with the employee. They should be allowed to take their leave at a time that suits them and allows them to take time off with their family and friends. It should, but there's nothing obliging that. No, and in fact, the, the law says that it is at the employer's behest. So most employers will have a policy. It'll set out things like how employees should request annual leave, how they should engage with their managers and how they should plan in advance. So my suggestion for employees is always to plan in advance. Give a few dates, give a few times. Mm-hmm. It's much harder for an employer to refuse multiple requests than it would be to refuse one or two. Yeah. Now, the thing is, say at Christmas, and mm-hmm. depending on where Christmas falls, the employer decides, well, we're going to shut down. There's no business to be done here. Um, So there's five days now, which are working days, not bank holiday days. In that holiday period, you're forced of your 20 days. Five of them are gone. And And you've no comeback. No, and that would also be common at this time of the year. So a lot of businesses would close for the first two weeks in August, especially those in the building and and construction trade. That's absolutely fine. Now, again, it's back to the policy. It should be set out in advance. Employees should have notice of that so they can plan their own holidays. But it's a more expensive time of the year to go on holidays. And a lot of employees would dislike that. But it's entirely within the employer's right to do that. Another question. Uh, Employees who are taken on for the summer season, whether they're picking fruit or working in hospitality, what rights do they have? So all employees have the same rights to annual leave. It's just calculated in a different way. So as I said, full-time employees are entitled to 20 days. Part-time employees are entitled to less. So there's two other ways of working it out. It's either a third of a working week if they work 117 hours or the easier way, 8% of your total hours worked as a part-time employee. So calculate your total hours. You actually can include your annual leave, then figure out 8% of that. Okay. Um, In terms of uh, the way you're employed in the summer, I mean, if you're casually employed, uh, sometimes employers will work it out so that you can also collect social welfare. Yes, that happens. Um, It might be, in my experience, it's more often at the bequest of the employee that they're asked to maybe only work two days a week rather than three or more so that they can keep their social welfare entitlements. Another interesting point about employees during the summer is that it can often happen that they would be paid for their annual leave at the end of a specified purpose or a fixed term contract. So if they're brought on for three months, they will have a third of their annual leave for that three months. But it might be that they're paid at the end of the employment for their annual leave. Okay. So that's something we'd often get asked by employees. Can I get paid for my annual leave instead of having to take it? The answer is no. So under the Act, an employer must allow employees to take the leave at the behest of the employer. But the only time annual leave can be paid out is at the end of the employment. So if the employment finishes, an employee has accrued 15 days, they can then be paid for that. Okay. Um, What about uh, people who are brought in as interns? Yeah, interns have the same rights as well. Um, Traditionally, there was a concept of those who are unpaid wouldn't accrue employment rights. We've really moved away from that concept in the last few years. So there would be a lot of backlash for organisations that would hire unpaid internships. So most internships, in my experience, are fully paid now. They're aligned with the minimum wage. And again, interns, fruit pickers, whatever that might be, will all be entitled to the same annual leave at that 8%. A couple of other interesting questions. We're planning to organise team building activities for our staff at the end of August. Are there any liability concerns? Let's have an adventure day. We'll all go quad biking. Yeah, um, 
two things on that. One, it's really important to do all these events. Like when we work with employers, we'll always say and bring everyone out, have a summer party, have a Christmas party, but put some constraints or some policies or some advanced notifications in place so that employees know what's expected of them. They can bring their best selves to work, but ideally it's their best selves in an employer, company, corporate context. And that's the same then for the adventure centres or everything else. Talk to the adventure centre. Make in sure advance. they're insured. Make sure they're insured. Understand what requirements that your employees might need, like going to kids soft play do they need to wear long sleeves and long trousers what are the things that you can tell your employees about mm. in advance to try and, and you know the, signing a waiver you're going to an adventure centre so you're going to have adventures adventures sometimes lead to misadventures can you and should you sign away your rights because you know the insurance problems for you know people sue for everything these days yeah, and that's back to the, the centres that you will go to and, and how what they'll decide is required in those scenarios. Most often it's a term of taking part in any of those activities that you sign the waiver. And even if you don't, if you then elect to take part in the event, you're deemed to have signed the waiver. Okay. So a lot of the time you're on the back foot even getting in and engaging. So it, it's back to the terms and conditions of that centre. Mm-hmm. Um, my friends get paid time and a half for doing Sunday shifts, but in my job, it's the same rate no matter what day it is. What can I do about that? Well, under the Working Time Act, there should be a premium paid for Sunday work. Now, the Working Time Act doesn't stipulate what that premium is. It's most common. Yeah, yeah, it's most common in retail or in hospitality that people would be paid time and a half on a Sunday and double time on a public holiday. The Act stipulates the double time on a public holiday, but not on a Sunday. In my experience, some employers will give lunch vouchers on a Sunday. They might pay an extra few euro on a Sunday, but time and a half isn't across the board on a Sunday. If I'm sick on my holidays, am I entitled to get the days back? The short answer is yes. So if you're sick whilst you're on annual leave, you should get your medical cert. You should go to your doctor. Even though it might be drink that sickens you. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's more often in my experience the other way around if someone is supposed to be at work and then they're sick (laughs) for those reasons. But yes, someone is entitled to the days back on annual leave if they are sick, but they may not get paid. It'll depend on the employer's policy for sick pay. Is an employer responsible if an employee has money stolen from his belongings during working hours? Not necessarily. I suppose we'd have to look at the the circumstances and all the rest. Um, More often than not, employees are responsible for their own belongings in an employer's place of work. The employer must ensure that they have a safe place of work, that the protections are there for them. Um, If there were suspicions about theft in the workplace, the employer would have to carry out an investigation and consider if disciplinary action was necessary. But I can't see a scenario where the employer would be obliged to repay an employee money stolen. Um, I'm living with stage four cancer in my bones. I've been off six since last autumn for radiotherapy and some surgery. As some radiotherapy was done on my head, it has affected my memory and my concentration to a certain degree. I don't feel I'm as sharp as I was before treatment. I love my job and the team I work with. I never intended to be away from my job for this long. My employers, a pharmaceutical company, have been very supportive and very patient. I'm meeting my HR contact today to decide when I'm ready to go back, but I'm very nervous. How honest should I be about my condition? This is a really tricky one. It's very sad. Um, In fairness, I'm delighted to see that the HR and the employer has been very supportive here. Like we'd encourage our clients in scenarios like this to be supportive of employees in situations like this. None of us want to be sick and none of us want to go through something as long term as this. It's so important to support employees in this scenario. I would suggest with your listener here to to be open and be honest, to ask for some support such as coaching or engagement in a return to work specialist who can help on 
what kind of work the person can do when they do come back because that will be really important. I think they should uh, be honest be with honest. the HR team. Uh, I'm contracting to work in my role, an office-based job for 40 hours a week, but we rarely get time to take a break or lunch. The culture in the office is to eat on the go while working. What is the entitlement? Surely, legally, there should be a, an official break. Nobody is stopping me taking one, but it seems like a cultural thing not to take a break. Yeah, I think this is more a cultural problem rather than a legal problem. So by law, everyone is entitled to a 15 minute break once they work four and a half hours and a 30 minute break once they work six hours. So this person will be entitled to at least a 45 minute break. Most businesses will close in an office scenario around one o'clock for lunchtime. But as she's saying or he is saying, most people work through that. It's back to culture. If it's important to this person, I suggest they take their break. They're absolutely entitled to do that. They shouldn't be victimised or um, disencouraged from taking that kind of break. It's very important that people do get the walk away from their desk and then come back. Uh, The employer thinking of doing an adventure day worth saying that they should consider people who are less physically abled but may not have declared disability, for example, a bad back. None of the employer's business but puts people in a very awkward position. I'm a head of HR and it it gives endless trouble. Stick to the barbecue, please, says Caroline. No need to comment on that. Um, My partner works in the motor trade. They're not allowed to take a day off in January, February, March and July. They work six days a week, Monday to Saturday. Is that allowed? You know, because that's when cars are sold. Yeah, yeah, technically it is allowed. Now, individuals should not be working six days a week in a row. There are requirements around when they are required to have a full 24 and a 48 hour break in a working week. So I'd suggest they have a look at the the policy there from the company on on working days. Again, back to the point at the outset, employers can dictate when an individual can take annual leave. If those policies are very restrictive and if people aren't able to take their leave, I suggest they do talk to the HR team or they talk to the manager because they have to be enabled to take their breaks. Time for one more. Are you entitled to unpaid leave if you are not a parent? You just want time off and you say, I'll do it without pay. Um, Or does it depend on the employer? A lot of the legislation and the protective leave does relate to families or carers in terms of unpaid time off. A lot of businesses will give unpaid time off because they will want to keep the individual. There's still a retention crisis here, a recruitment crisis about trying to actually keep people in roles. So I would suggest for that person to go and talk to their manager or HR. Okay, but there's explain. no legal entitlement there's to unpaid no leave. There's no legal entitlement to unpaid leave, no. Because I suppose people could just vanish. I'd be back in three months. See you sometime. Head off to Australia and watch the girls, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Julie Galbraith, partner in employment law at the global law firm Evershed Sutherland. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. And that's all we have time for. A reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to in the Newstalk app part by Golad. Just search for The Pat Kenny Show. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.